you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Compassion. It's great to see you. Look at all the smiling faces we get. You must have got what you wanted for Christmas. Raise your hand if you got what you wanted for Christmas. Anybody want to raise your hand and say you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas? Oh, I see a couple of hands. How many are like me? You got something you didn't want for Christmas. Anybody in the house? Oh, I see a couple of hands. Yeah. We had a granddaughter come to uh, the house for Christmas. She had been running about 102 degree fever and wasn't feeling well. Before the evening was done, she was doing a little bit better, playing with her other uh, cousins and things. And that's great. Isn't that great? She got to feeling better. Two days later, I had strep throat. (laughs) Praise God. I didn't want that for Christmas, but I got it. So if I sound a little raspy when I'm, Linda said I didn't sound that bad, but now this is the second sermon that I've preached this morning. We'll see if the throat hold, it, it, it may be only be a five-minute sermon. That'd be really disappointing to you, wouldn't it? Yeah, good. I, I got an amen on that one. Praise God. If you are new here, I don't, uh, I don't know hardly any of you, so I don't know who's new and, and who's been here a long time and already know who I am, but here's the deal. I am Pastor John's father-in-law. He tells me I'm his favorite father-in-law. <clears throat> I don't know how many he has, but I'm the favorite. That's good news. I really like to put it this way. I'm Pastor Laurie's dad. That's what I like to to brag about, Pastor Laurie's dad. It's good to be with you here. They knew I'd been ill for a few days. They, They tried to figure out a plan B, plan C, plan D to not have me preach this morning, and I kept insisting, I can do this. So I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning, bringing the Word of God. I hope it speaks right into your spirits. Because I told Pastor John, I can do this. So, now the, the thing is, are you ready for the Word of God? Are you ready to receive what God wants to give you on the last day of the year? How many are looking forward to a new year? Anybody have any opportunity that came in 2023? You're saying, praise God. Give a shout out to God if something good happened to you in 2023. Glory. Did any of you face any challenges last year that were a little tough, but God saw you through it? Give the Lord a shout out for seeing you through the challenges of life. The title of this message is OMG. Anybody have one of those in this past year? OMG. I see a couple of hands going up right now. Things that you didn't see coming, things that weren't expected, things that were a challenge at the moment, even more than a challenge, maybe even a crisis happened in somebody's life in 2023. But aren't you glad to know that Jesus was there walking you through all of those moments Praise the name of the Lord. Speaking of Laurie, Laurie was an OMG moment for me, both good and bad, all on the same day. 
She's got a birthday coming up this next year. It's going to be one of those big ones. But it reminded me of when Laurie was born. When Laurie was born, it was back in the day, they didn't let me go into the delivery room. When they took Linda to the delivery room, I just had to go to a waiting room and sit down. Now, we'd been there 19 hours, and it was like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I was exhausted. I've, I've told Linda several times, it was a lot tougher on me than it was on her. <laughs> She's never bought that once. She's probably right. I uh, laid my head back on the chair where I was sitting, and I fell asleep. And suddenly, 45 minutes later, I, I woke up, I saw my watch, and I said, nobody's come to get me yet. And so I got up and started running out of that waiting room down the hall, and a nurse was coming. Oh, Mr. Goat, I just came to bring you to your wife. And that's exactly how she said it, to bring you to your wife. And I walked into that room where Linda was laying in the bed, and I expected to see her holding and cuddling this newborn child of ours. This is back in the day before gender reveal and all of that. We were just glad to have a baby, except I didn't see a baby. And I neared Linda. I said, Linda, how are you doing? And she started crying. She said, I'm sorry. And that was an OMG moment for me. I literally thought we lost our baby. My heart sunk. I was, I was devastated for a split second when she said that, I'm sorry. And I said, honey, what's wrong? And she said, it's a girl. <laughs> Literally, it's a girl. Like that was going to be bad news. I, looked, I said, well, where is it? And she pointed over in the corner, a little crib that I had not noticed when I walked in the room. And I walked over there, and Laurie, the most beautiful little girl that's ever been born, was laying in that crib. And I feel the same way. She's my sugar babe to this day. But that was another OMG moment. Oh, my God, look at her. She's beautiful. All within about 20 seconds, I had both of those emotions. Now, that's the thing about those OMG. And I hope somebody doesn't think I'm being irreverent. I'll explain this OMG thing to you in just a moment. But we've all been there. When we've had that happen, we didn't see it coming. It took us by surprise, sometimes unprepared for such circumstances. And there we are. What do we do? Well, I'm here to share with you some things. 2023 apparently had some of those kind of moments for you. And here's the good news and the bad news. 2024 is going to be pretty much like that as well. There will be some opportunities that will come that will afford you just a, a mighty thing that God has planned for you. There will also be some challenges. In fact, here's the thing about opportunities and challenges both. Every opportunity has some challenges that go along with it. Every challenge has an opportunity within it. Those aren't the keys. There's something else that is far greater for us to focus on, for us to consider, for us to say, this is what I'm dealing with and this is how I deal with it, okay? I'm going to give you three things today. <clears throat> if I start doing that, I'll just take a moment. And maybe I'm the only one that heard that going on, but I needed that water. I'm going to give you three things that you are to do, whether you have an opportunity or whether you have a challenge. And especially if you have a crisis, 
I want to talk with you about those things. If you will, turn your Bibles to Psalm 54. If you have it, uh, they may have it on the screen, but I want to share this passage, a Psalm of David. It says, Save me, O God, by your name. Now, I could stop right there and basically focus on that one line. Save me, O God, by your name. I'll come back to that. And vindicate me by your strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers have risen up against me. And oppressors have sought after my life. They have not set God before them. Sila. That's just a moment to reflect upon what you've just heard. Continuing, David says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. He will repay my enemies for their evil. Cut them off in your truth. I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me out of all trouble, and my eyes has seen its desire upon my enemies. Before I give you the context of why David wrote this psalm, let's just start right off the bat of what he immediately said at first. Save me, O God, by your name. That really is the key. Not the three steps that I'm going to follow up with. But you've got to start at that place. You've got to start at the place where you know there is a God. And you know that God loves you. And you know that God wants to save you. That's, that's where all of this starts. That's where faith begins and takes root. That's where hope starts and finds its fulfillment. In the understanding there is a God. We're not alone. We're not on our own because there is a God. And you can cry out to this God and you can ask him to save you by his name. What superpower do you have? Can you fly? Can you go faster than a speeding bullet? Can you, are you more powerful than a locomotive? Ha, who cares about all of that? I know a God who's bigger than all of that combined, whose power is so immense it cannot be defined. He is God. David used the name Elohim. Say that, Elohim. You got to have a little rasp in your voice to really make it come out. Elohim. It simply means he is the omnipotent God. He is the sovereign Lord who reigns. It simply means he is the almighty God who can do anything. We find that in his name, as David is applying this name to the God he serves, to the God to whom he prays, that David is saying, here's what I know about you. You are omnipotent. You have all power. There isn't anything you can't do. In the New Testament, an angel would speak to Elizabeth and say, there is nothing impossible with God. Whether it's moving a mountain or stopping a locomotive, whether it's challenging the enemy to a duel in which he has the power 
to stop the sun so that it doesn't go down so there'll be enough daylight to finish the fight. Whatever is needed, God has the capacity and the capability to do it. And beyond that, he has a heart for you to do what you need. Praise God. He is omnipotent. God is omniscient. That's, that's a big word that simply says he knows everything. He knows how to spell omniscient. Yeah. And he knows what's going on in your life. It's terrifying to some of us to realize he knows our thoughts. But it came, I came to the realization, God knows the worst thing about me. Stop, stop and just think about that for a moment. God knows the very worst thing about you. The very thing you don't want anybody else to ever know, ever discover, ever find out. God already knows. And he loves you anyway. Somebody get a hold of that one right there. The omniscient God who knows everything about you loves you with everything that is within him. You don't have to be terrified about the knowledge that God has about you because his knowledge is formed in his love and is processed through his grace and God applies love and grace to you even when he knows exactly who you are, what you've done, where you've been. God loves you and reaches out to you. Somebody say praise God for that. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere all at the same time. He's here to... How many can sense the presence of God in this house this morning. It started when you first began that worship. You could sense it. Actually, before then, when you started coming in, I could feel the presence of God because the people of God were entering the worship center. Praise the Lord. But you're not the only place where God is. There's other churches in this community that is sensing the presence of God. There's other communities sensing the same presence of God. There's nations and people around the world that are today worshiping God, and every one of them will swear God was in our midst. And he was, and he is, because he is omnipresent. Beyond being everywhere, he's there at the same time. God is, right now, in the past. I didn't say God is of the past, although he is. God is in the past. God is right now in the future. He is. And he's in the Don't ask me to explain it because I can't understand it myself. But there God is. He's seeing the world being formed. He's there in the future. He's seeing it being purified and cleansed. As his son returns. God is seeing all of that right now. And it's happening in his presence. And right now in this place. God is with us. I don't know if you can get a hold of that. But it's going to explain a couple of things in just a moment. When I say the three steps that you need to take. That you already know this about God. That he is omnipotent. There's nothing impossible with him. He's omniscient. He knows the things that you don't know. And will only discover by his spirit. And he's omnipresent. He's in that place where you want to be. He's also seeing the place where he doesn't want you to be. God is there. Praise God. Here's another thing that David says in this psalm. 
other than just his name. He says, your strength will vindicate me. And then he goes on to say, and you are my helper. Praise God. You are my helper. David then made it personal. It's, it's tremendous to talk about a God who's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, but then to find out he's my helper. I mean, he knows me. He knows my name. He knows my circumstances. He cares about me, and he wants to do these things for me. This almighty God, Elohim, loves me. Are you serious? OMG. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody give the Lord a praise because that's. Even though I formed it as a question, it's our reality. He is God, but he's also my friend. Huh, I, don't, I don't say that lightly. I don't use that in irreverent terms. He's simply my friend. I walk with him. I'm in relationship with him. And I praise him for loving me like he does. I feel unworthy of his love, and yet that doesn't matter to him. He still loves me anyway. Praise God. So David found himself in a circumstance beyond his control, and that's when he wrote this song. Let me explain what was going on, kind of the backstory for what was happening here in David's life. Now, you probably know that David had made Saul upset. Actually, David didn't do anything intentionally to hurt Saul's feelings, but the people seeing what David had done, his exploits, his heroic achievements, uh, they just liked the guy, and they would talk him up and cheer him up, and Saul kind of got upset about that. A little jealous spirit rose up, a bitter, a bitter root took hold of him, and Saul became upset with David to the point he wanted to take David's life. So David had to flee from him. There was a, a small group of men, not nearly the army of Saul, but there was a band of men that joined with David. We even called him David's mighty men. But they went with David, and Saul would continually try to find, where is David? I need, I need you to find David. Somebody captured David. We need to kill David. And David knew that's what was going on. Well, in the midst of this kind of turmoil, David heard a report about a little town called Keilah. Keilah was just a small community, but the Philistines had overrun it. They had taken siege of it. They had fought against it. They had killed some of the men. They had pillared and, and raped, and they stole, and they were just doing devastation to this small little community. David heard about it. And he wanted to do something about it. But before he did, he took the first step that I'm going to encourage you to take, whether we're talking about your opportunities or whether we're talking about your challenges. David, it says, inquired of the Lord what he should do. He simply asked God, God, I can see what's going on. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to go? and defend that little city and kick the Philistines out? Or should I avoid that because it's not what you want? David wasn't telling God what he wanted to do. He was asking God what God wanted him to do. And that's the starting. That's Once you understand there's a God, when you're dealing with life, you don't know all things, but you can see some things 
and you may have questions. Here's the first question to ask. God, what should I do? Many of us get ourselves in our own predicaments and face our own trials because we didn't do that first step. We didn't ask God what to do. We're talking about not only the omnipotent God, but the omniscient God who knows all things. It would be good and wise to ask the Lord. Now, some of us make the mistake that our prayer is, Lord, this is what I want to do. Please be with me as I go forward to do it. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm actually saying, Lord, what should I do? What would be your will? What would receive the most grace because I'm walking according to your plan? That's what I want, Lord. That's what David did. The Lord told him, you go to Keilah, you rescue that city, drive the Philistines out, and don't worry about it. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to help you. I will be your strength, and I will make this happen. So, David, go for it. That brings us to the second step that we ought to follow up with after we've asked God what to do. When he tells us what to do, that's what we should do. Walk in obedience to the Lord. Randy told you that you'd hear that from me because you heard it from him, and, and we were both saying the same things. You know, some of it, he was talking about tithe and offering, and I want to encourage you. Some of us get into financial difficulty because, hey, we didn't do step one. We didn't ask the Lord what to do. Lord, I really like that car. Should I buy it? Well, you really can't afford it right now, might be what the Lord would say. Some of us, that's the very reason we don't ask God. Because he's going to tell us the truth. He's going to give us the reality of the moment. And, and when he seems to say no, it's going to hurt your feelings and disappoint you. So you don't even bother asking. Or when he does tell you, you don't follow through with doing what he says. You just do it anyway. And find yourself in a place of hurt. God wants us to learn that faith is all about trust with obedience. Following through with the second step that when God shows you something, when God tells you something, you've listened in faith, you've hoped in trust, and then you simply walk in obedience to what God says. Your lives will be so much more fruitful and less troubled if you do those first two things. And that's what David did. He asked God, and then when God showed him, he went. Now, when he went to Keilah, and he rescued those people, then he asked the Lord, God, I, I know that the people are glad what I've done. I know they appreciate that the Philistines are gone. But I have a question, Lord. Do you think the people of Keilah will tell Saul that I'm here so that he can come for me? And you know what the Lord told him? Despite the fact that he just done a great thing for those people, he said, yes, they will give you up to Saul because they're more afraid of him than they are of me. And so David heard that. What should I do, Lord? And the Lord told him, leave Keilah. So that's what he did. Now, he didn't leave upset. He didn't leave bitter. 
You ever had a friend betray you? You've ever had somebody do something? Even though you've done many good things for them, they didn't return the favor? Anybody ever been disappointed by someone else? Yeah, I see hands going up. Listen, don't worry about it because right now somebody's thinking, oh, did I do that to them? I don't know. I want you to have the spirit and attitude of David. He didn't waste any of his time thinking about the people of Keilah not liking him enough to protect him in their midst. He didn't bother complaining to God about how unfavorable and unfair it was how they would treat him in the circumstance. David didn't whine. He didn't moan. He didn't complain. You know what he did? Step three, he began to praise the Lord. That's exactly what David did. He began to praise the Lord. Now, the Lord told him to go on. He went on to Ziph. And while he's at Ziph, you know what those people did? They sent a word to King Saul and says, Isn't this the David that you're wanting that is now in our midst? In other words, they turned David in to King Saul. So now two communities have done it. The first community, David rescued. The second community, he just stopped for a season. But in both cases, he was betrayed. But David just had a heart of gratitude and a lip filled with praise. Here's what it says. I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me out of all trouble, and my eye has seen his desire upon my enemies. Praise God. Let me explain to you. You start your day with thanksgiving and enter into the presence of, God, uh, of the Lord with praise. Your day is off to a better start and will get even better as it continues if that's the spirit within you. If you're constantly complaining about people and how unfair they are and how unkind they are and they've done me wrong, if that is your heart and attitude, you're going to be miserable all your life. Have the same heart of Jesus and find a way to forgive other people. Forgiveness is one of those things. It works both ways. How many are glad that God has forgiven you? I mean, praise God. Well, here's what Jesus said. Because you're forgiven, forgive others. Forgive one another. Forgive 70 times 7. Just don't let their problems become your problems. Don't let their actions become your defeat, but let the power of God become your victory. And that's what David did. That's what he said. He wrote this word before he knew how it turned out. Did you hear what I just said? David wrote this word, this psalm, this song, before he knew how it was going to turn out. But he didn't know this one thing. God was the one that was sovereign. God was the one who is omnipotent. God is the one who is omniscient. God is the one who's omnipresent. And God is the one who is my helper. It's gonna be okay, David said. There is a future with hope in it, as we sang already this morning, because God is in our future. Praise God. Here's what happened. It's actually comical. Very, very comical. You know what happened? Saul got the word. David's in the little town of Ziph. 
So he got his army together and they started marching towards Ziph to capture David. But the Philistines that David had driven out of Keilah heard that Saul had left Jerusalem. And so the Philistines, they started marching towards Jerusalem to capture the capital city while the king was away. God used his two enemies against each other. Whoa! Saul gets halfway to Ziph and then he, some writer comes running up to him and says, King, King Saul. The Philistines are almost to Jerusalem. They're going to take it if we don't get back there. So Saul had to do a U-turn and wound up fighting the Philistines that David had already defeated in Keilah. So the two enemies are fighting each other while David is just at ease in Ziph in the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. God's got you. Trust God, obey God, believe in God, and see what God will do. Amen? Ah, things don't always go exactly as you plan, but if they go according to God's plan, you're in a better place anyway. So let's just hope for it. Lynn and I will celebrate 53 years of marriage in May. Praise God. You can do the math and probably figure out what birthday is coming up for Laurie. It's not her 54th, incidentally, I'm just telling you. <sighs> we were both students at Southwestern, engaged to be married at the end of the semester in May. I worked for a little company, it was a drain board company, it was a mom and pop type of shop. The guy went to one of our churches there in Oklahoma City. And my roommate and I uh, worked for him making dream boards. One day he came in and said, my loser brother-in-law has showed up. He needs some work. So would you guys train him how to make drain boards for me? We said, sure. And we spent about two weeks training this guy how to make drain boards. And at the end of the two weeks, the boss came to us, thanked us for doing such a good job, and then let us go. He laid us off so that the brother-in-law could have a job. That happened about two and a half months before us to get married. Now, it was the end of February, and in two weeks, I was supposed to go on a tour with a singing group there at Southwestern during spring break. I thought, I can't go find another job right now. How do you walk up and say, I need a job. I'll work for you for a couple of weeks. Then I'm going to need 10 days off. And then when the 10 days are up, I'll come back and, and work for you some more. I didn't think I could get a job like that. So I thought, I'll just have to wait till spring break is over. And then i hopefully get a job. I realized then I'm within about seven weeks of getting married. And I'm without a job. I don't know what my mother-in-law was thinking at the moment, but... I was a little stressed about it myself. But I said, Lord, help me. I'll trust you. I, I'm, I know I'm to marry her, and I don't want to cancel the wedding simply because I'm out of work. After, after the spring break tour ended, I got back to campus, and the dean of students asked both Lynn and I to come into his office to speak to him. And we found out 
that they, we had missionaries in Arizona on the Navajo Reservation, but they needed to go back to North Carolina to work on continuing education units so that they continued to be teachers there at the governmental school. And they were needing a replacement for the summer, a young couple, if, they, if we could, the, uh, maybe out of the college. So he was seeing if we would be interested in being missionaries on the Navajo Reservation in Greasewood, Arizona. We looked at each other, we prayed about it, and we came back to him and said, we think we should do it. And we did. I got married on a Saturday. Lynn and I spent a day and a half a honeymoon in Amarillo, Texas. <laughs> Honey, they're laughing at that. <laughs> Apparently, they've been to Amarillo, Texas. Yeah, that's where we spent our honeymoon, a day and a half in Amarillo, Texas. And then on Tuesday, we had to be in Arizona to report to duty on the Navajo Reservation. But you know what turned out? We got paid $350 a month. That doesn't sound like much, but hey, it was great money for us at the time. We had a home, and we got to be at an exotic, like it turns out, Greece was not that far from the Grand Canyon or Canyon de Chez or Windorock. There was so much sightseeing to do in the area. Oh, we loved that aspect of it. And we turned out we loved the Navajo people. Their, their, their culture is far different from ours, but we love the people that we met. Uh, I remember the sermon that I preached without a translator, and suddenly the Holy Spirit fell, and the Indians who couldn't understand a word I was saying began to praise God, and I thought, I've never seen anything like this, and I found out I can actually depend upon the Holy Spirit to help me preach. I discovered that in that setting. Linda played the piano for worship and then went off to teach the children in children's church while I did the preaching and we were just totally immersed in that ministry. But we also found that we were 24-7 with each other for three months. Neither one of us had to go off to a job. I wasn't going off to that drain board company. She wasn't going off to the office at the school. We were together 24-7 and that's how we started life together and I loved it. Praise God. I tell you that story because I came to the realization much later that if I had had that job at that drain board company, when they asked me would I go and be a summer intern on the mission field, I probably would have said, I can't. I'll lose my job if I do. So I, you know, I'm getting married. I'm going to have bills. I better keep my job. I kind of think that might have been my mentality. But the Lord made my reality so much better than I would have ever envisioned. I could afford a day and a half in Amarillo, Texas for a honeymoon. But I got three months in a place of destination that we loved. And we bonded and we ministered and God blessed us. And here we are 52 and a half years later. I don't know about the guys who go on cruises and go on, on uh, uh, beaches and into the mountains. All I know, I had a day and a half in Amarillo, Texas, and the Lord has kept us together for 53 years. I'll tell you what, the Lord's plan is the best plan. Now here's, here's God's plan for every one of you. The opportunities that are coming, the challenges that you're going to face, all of them can be dealt with if you go into them 
with God's grace. If you know the Lord, he'll be with you. What better thing to do on New Year's Eve as you prepare to start a new year? Better than making a resolution that you probably won't keep anyway. How about doing this? Saying, Lord, save me, O God, by your name. Forgive me my sins. Change my life. Give me new hope and show me your plan for me. Lord, here's my life. It's yours today. Would you bow your head and let me ask who in the room right now says that's exactly what I need to do? All right, man. Hands went up all over the room. Several of you are saying, in agreement with me, the prayer that needs to come next is, save me, oh God. Here's the good news. That's exactly what this awesome God wants to do. He knows who you are. He knows what you've done. He knows the inner workings of your being, and he loves you anyway. He loves you so much he gave his son to die for you. Anybody else? We've already had several hands go up. Anybody else want to lift your hand and say, that's the prayer I want to pray on this last day of the year. I want to begin a new year as a new person. All right. There's a few more hands going up right now. This is striking home. You may have tried to map out your life. You may think you know what's best for you right now. I'm telling you, God is the best thing that will ever happen to you. All right. I want everybody in the room to pray this prayer, but if you lifted your hand, I want you to pray it in faith. You're trusting and you're obeying God. You're asking God to transform your life. You're asking Him to give you new purpose and a new reason for being. You're asking God to cleanse you. You're asking God to change you. Right now, pray this prayer. Everybody in this room, dear God, save me by your name. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse my life. Remove every impurity that exists and replace it with your presence. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the power to live for you every day. And help me to be like Jesus. I thank you, Lord. And I praise you for hearing my prayer today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Somebody give the Lord. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website compassion.cc